listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Ah! Gore is love, baby. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that still believes that children are our future my name is greg d that boy can sing i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're kicking off a month of higher learning as we study up on some of our favorite school-based horror and we're starting things off with what may be the future of education with mark l lester's class of 1999 and you don't have to be in detention to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your class dismissed hole. And if you are looking for us on social media in between classes, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare <laughs> Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have that events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, August 7th, Screenland. I, we got you covered. Screenland's got you covered when it comes to horror, non-horror, genre fair, whatever kind of movie you're in for. They got you. And indoor, outdoor, or virtual. Yep. We've got a lot of things going on. All and, the bases, man. Well, let's talk the first base. And if you are in the <laughs> Kansas City area and it is Friday night, you know it's time for Friday Night Frights. Mm-hmm. Come out, be part of the Friday Night Fright film family. Yep, yep. And the only film that we could follow up it, chapter one, is, is it follows so it, it, what what follows it it follows uh, so there we go we're not saying we programmed it for a pun but we kind of no we're not of course not it just happenedly happened that well, way. no because i've been striving to see this film on the big screen ever since i saw it for the first time i'm willing to give it a second chance you, you i'm willing to give it a you second sent me chance. something today via twitter <laughs> thank you this is the only good thing this thing is good for but made me laugh out loud, and I, it was a much-needed laugh, and it was all because uh. of one Buck Flower. And you can go back. I believe it is episode 17. It's way back in the day. Because it was a new review. I was married at the time, okay? I mean, that's a long time ago, my friend. It's stuck in your craw, and <laughs> I hope this time you have a good experience. You know if I just start almost cackling if i'm I leaving to, i'm getting you i'm leaving to, you are relieving the premises get, my friend I, <laughs> you are not ruining this for me i'm telling you right now <laughs> if you just see me building up like it just starts like a slow rumble and then the seat starts to shake and then the whole row starts to shake and you just hear <laughs> just see see yourself to the side my friend excuse me i'm gonna get out of here real quick <laughs> well if that's not your quite your thing here with ed follows uh my goodness the genre goodness clue Mm-hmm. Flames on the side of your face. Showgirls. I, if you see me, I'm doing like the little, oh, the little dance, the dance, the Naomi dance. A double feature of Jackie Brown mm-hmm. and Black Dynamite. 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 Lady Snowblood. That movie is fucking rad. And one of our favorite pseudo slashers, The Terminator. Mm-hmm. This is the weekend, dude. This is a great weekend for me. That's a. Re- ridiculous amount yeah. of genre goodness and if your indoor thing isn't your thing go right to the outdoors mm-hmm. and they're screening a wes anderson film that i've seen that oh yeah the grand budapest hotel i like wes anderson movies a lot i find them charming but what people don't understand about some wes anderson movies is like they think that's like all happy and games and charming but it's rated r for a reason there's a lot of death and and nudity and, and cussing in this movie so we're going to be seeing death nudity and cussing on the big screen outdoors yeah sign me up right and then the next evening a little bit um subtle we're going back to 1986 a film i did see in the theater mm-hmm. stand by me Ooh. I did not see that one in the theater. I did see um, Lean on Me in the theater. And That's I did why see, they call you the Batman. And I did see Stand and Deliver in the theater. Because, you know, four times five, or four times nine, 
45. What this is where if we really had a visual <laughs> component, yeah. The 45. And then if the outdoor thing isn't your thing, well, then the very next weekend, we've got your virtual needs. And honestly, just go to Screenland online because you can rent mm-hmm. a number of fantastic independent films. But the, then on Saturday, August 15th. Yeah. And make sure you help them support them out because especially now that Disney's doing dirtiness and Walmart is. Let me, I'm going to jump on my soapbox for two seconds really quick where I'm talking about Screenland armor. So first off. Seeing a movie in a Walmart parking lot is a fucking terrible idea. Terrible idea. They don't even they don't even respect the parking lot to park. I don't even want to park there sometimes. You got everybody screaming, you got everybody acting a fool, and you got potholes in a lot of shit. It's a terrible place to watch a parking lot. Let to watch a movie, let alone fucking park. If you're gonna watch a movie in a parking lot, either do it A at a drive-in theater or at places like Screenland Theater where they actually care about shit. Their parking lot is taken care of. And it's and yes, it's a parking lot, and it's sort of be like a drive-in experience unless you're at that actual drive-in. But it's significantly better than a Walmart parking lot. There's a lot of care and craft that goes into all the screenings There's at Screenland. There's way more care and craft that's going into all the screenings. Plus, like, think of it this way. If the service is shit retail-wise at, at Walmart, do you think the people who are working there, not to say that if you're working there, you don't give a fuck about your job, but at the same time, does Walmart really give a fuck about anything else? They're not going to care. Man, we can kiss that Walmart sponsorship goodbye. I know, oh, right? I my finger on the pulse we, there, al- we almost had it. There I go. Fucking <laughs> That's sweet Walmart it. money. Yeah, I guess I'm kicked out of the Sam's Club. So, Well, any club that would have you as a member. Right, no homers. We're allowed one. But no, that's don't go fucking see. Now, if you're not at near Kansas City, anything like that, that's understandable. But also, still, do you really want to see a movie in a Walmart parking lot? I mean, just really ask yourself those questions. Absolutely. But yeah, if you're in the KC area... There's no fucking excuse. Go and, go to Screenland. Absolutely. And there's a the number of the, drive-ins. Go to the yes. drive-in. Go to Screenland. Walmart don't need more of your money. No. You're going to go there. I don't want to go watch a movie at the same place that I'm buying duct tape and like jelly beans and like this is true. deodorant this and is like true. all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Completely. Completely. So uh, anyway, I'm off my soapbox. Bad oh. idea. Support local. Support drive-ins. Help keep... The small independent theaters running. Absolutely. And then on a Saturday, August 15th, you can support, <laughs> you can support said Screenland. Uh, we are doing our latest Shutter shout out double feature. There's always room for Jallo. I'm excited for this one. I am as well. We I are... like di- dipping my toe in the Italian waters. Oh, and Morte this is, bene. And this will be the Italian ice that we are uh, sampling here with mm-hmm. this international flavor. And we're looking and going to start with Lucio Fulci's Don't Torture a Duckling. And then following up with uh, Dario Argento's Tenebrae. Yeah, I've seen those. Both of them are going to be first-timers for me as well, my friend. Yeah, I'm excited for and those. And that's why I'm so happy. And also, thank you to Jesse, uh, another Patreon pally. Thanks, pally. Another who gave us the suggestion for this one. Uh, I cannot wait. And I've actually put together... Now, again, that's for free. We're going to be viewing that on Saturday. But if you would like a customized pre-show introduction trailer reel for each film and then a post-film discussion led by yours truly mm-hmm. again i guess we're trying to sell them on this but there's a lot of good stuff in there it's a it's a perk it's, it's not necessarily a good perk but it's a perk don't do it for us do it for the pre-show and the trailers right that's the good stuff there but you know if you really want to take your laptop to a walmart parking lot and put your headphones in and then you have the full experience. But all you need to do is become a member of the Screenland film family by heading over to patreon.com slash Screenland. Mm-hmm. And again, that is the tip of the tier. There are so many other great things that they offer. We are just a sampling of that. Correct. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Patreon and film family. Hey, pallies. It's time for the latest here. And our we're now... Here, this is our fourth month now mm-hmm. of launching since we launched our Patreon. And thank you to every single person that is out there. Uh, we will eventually get to all the shout outs here. Yep. But you're all fucking rad. It's always nice when we meet new people and we meet new people either because of the podcast mm-hmm. or because, and let's face it, the person we're going to shout out here, we totally 
you know, met because of the podcast. Because of the podcast. Because of Screenland Armor. Exactly. And there's a reason we're giving this particular person a shout out. Uh, but we've been very fortunate through our, our travels, mm-hmm. uh, meeting all sorts of folks, from fans to artists, directors, writers, producers, craft, crew, We've seen all sorts from the film side. Film families. Yes. And, and film fans. And it's always cool when the people that we meet, they're extremely talented. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's they love everything as much as we do. But as you say, they're just very talented. Mm-hmm. And this particular individual is talented. And we had a chance to see the effect this film had in a crowd with a theater at Screenland at the last Panic Film Festival. It was puppet killer mm-hmm. you're gonna die a virgin that's sad and thankfully amongst our patreon pals here is the director lisa ovies yes they, hey what's up lisa who we were lucky enough to talk with mm-hmm. we had as one of the uh oh god what did we call them they were the little dispatches yeah the, the panic fest dispatches yes and and we just finished and that movie is oh hilarious you can and if you are a fan of 80s horror, mm-hmm. if you are a fan of practical, fun, gore, and puppetry. Puppetry, yes. And try if, not to pop my peas. Je le pop mon. Stop uh, it. If, <laughs> or if you are a fan of a 50-year-old man acting like a 16-year-old and playing it off well. Dad, I want to go to the party, Dad. He killed it. That's and, a, it's a great, bizarro movie. And I walked in halfway into the movie and that was my first scene of inter- and I was like what am I watching here because out of context it pl- but here's the thing I immediately fell into the rhythm of it. I'm like oh I'm good with it this yeah. is great he's let's, just a let's- giant 16 year old all right we got this and then when you put him against a psychotic puppet mm-hmm. with the greatest voice which you can throw it out there is it oh yeah I'd love that you're gonna die a virgin how sad fucking uh it's so horrible yeah it's so fantastic. horrible and the Lisa's direction behind it and then friend of the podcast you know Gigi Saul Guerrero mm-hmm. features it's so much fun and Lisa you put out something cool you and the whole team oh absolutely everyone uh, Kevin Mosley I believe uh, wrote that one and we had a chance to meet them and talk to them and ultimately they they are very they're the opposite of me they were out there talking with everyone and they were kind enough to talk to us and it was just so obvious how genuine they were and just how much they love horror and so it's always nice to say that we have amongst our film family you know someone that is talented super everyone in our film family is super talented but it's very rare you know that, that they put, they directed a yes. movie about a killer fucking puppet so so yeah Lisa, Lisa, thank you. Lisa, definitely. Thank you. You're fucking rad. And go see Puppet Killer. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you get a chance, because it's making the rounds. It's making the rounds. Absolutely. And and you know what? I have, I attended, I attended the Chattanooga Film Festival, which went virtual. And, you know, I think the reality is a lot of stuff. uh, Fright Fest, I believe, is doing that. Mm -hmm. So that's the reality right now. And I even mentioned a bug in Adam's like, hey, guys, do you think maybe we might have to think for, again, we're hoping by, you know, again, but being realistic yeah, about we're, it, we're cautiously. But realistic. ideally, you'll start to see you know that film circulate there virtual and again see it legally, ladies and gentlemen. But pirates walk the plank. If you would like us to wax your car and plug and promote uh, stuff, and again, we genuinely enjoy that, Lisa. We all plug and promote that regardless. Uh, but head over to Patreon.com/slash/NightmareJunkhead, where we have everything from a squidly diddly to another time, another place. Speaking of another time, another place. Yeah, that is, there's a there's a thing in about another time, another place. About they're both named Cody, and they're both anchors. But we'll talk about that in multiple ways. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But here in the month of August, uh, we just spent the last month with the weirdest you know case of deja vu. We mm-hmm. talked about our favorite remakes. That was fun. It that was, was a fun month talking and revisiting. And and it's uh, for the first time seeing Maniac. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and we got to see it with our friend Dustin. Uh huh. We got to see the Mentos, the deal sealer. There we go. We have nothing. <laughs> another thing that is added to the lexicon. Take a drink, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but here in the month of August, I wanted to make sure that we did focus because I really do enjoy when we do the the month the themes for the months. Mm-hmm. I just it gives us it, organization. It, yes, it helps a lot. Too. Yes. Like, okay, these are parameters. It's always, you know what? Seriously, especially with a podcast like ours, it's always good to have boundaries. Yes. <laughs> There's always some good boundaries. Because wild cards are great, uh-huh. but you know, but sometimes you got to you got to rein it in. in. 
<laughs> but I wanted to make sure that here in the month of August, because if you traditionally for me, the month of August is it means one thing. It's back to school time. Mm-hmm. And whether you are elementary, whether you are college, whether you're next, it doesn't matter. For the month of August, I think Rodney Dangerfield and Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Hey. You know, I think I just think of school based shenanigans. And it just turns out that the world of horror has a lot yes. of school-based horror films. A, a, a definite uh, class, a definite syllabus. A, a curriculum? Yes, a curriculum. Well, there that was we go. that was ours from the uh, Dismember when we had the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That seems like so long ago, my friend. Oh, I know. Do you remember the lineup of that night? Yes, it was. Because technically, we'll be talking the, one of those films next week. Oh, yes, we will. Uh, okay, it was Lost Boys. It was Reanimator. It was Splatter University and Creepers. 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 Two of those in 35 millimeter. Yes. We're waxing nostalgic on that just because. I fucking love Creepers. Oh, that it, ending yep. is grand. It's everything I want in an Gratuitous ending. Gratuitous use of Iron Maiden's Flash of the Blade. Gratuitous, Forget about it. Gratuitous use of like primates. But ultimately, there are a lot of school-based horror films out there. And regardless of creepers crawlies or what have you just to just separate all of those things from school and even by itself school is scary school is scary in multiple ways even if even let's go we'll get into the psychological fears of school but let's i, I, talk, I still have scars my friend right but like let's a school at night even if you're king of the fucking school a school at night is a terrifying place the location itself school is scary so, yeah. And then well, talking, not, that's empty, let alone if shit's well, in it. And then what happens then when you populate it with kids that are, their bodies are changing, their hormones are blazing. Gone amok. You've got bullies. You have this crazy hierarchy. At least you did when I was in school. I don't know how things are today. Right. We've been removed from school. Completely. For quite a number of years. There's a reason why, you know, uh, I like my music not too loud. <laughs> And I like my lawn kept and stayed off of, right? <laughs> now, there's a reason for that. But I remember back in the day just the, you know, the bullying yeah. and growing up as a metalhead who wasn't a hardcore metalhead that would huff the, the paint when it was passed around. I would politely just look at it and go, oh, no, thank you. And then nerd. Well, I was headbanging while they were listening to Metallica. So I fit in a little. Right. But I wasn't so hardcore, and I was a, I loved basketball, but I wasn't yet you know brought in. So I was always in between. And when you're a tweener like that, you kind of stand out a little bit more, which is a bummer because you get bullied. And I, I, I did get bullied. And I'm not gonna lie, my freshman year, I remember coming home and crying to my folks because of my mullet. I was in my I was hanging out with some of my metal friends. Some of my non-metal friends were accusing me of being a Satan worshiper, which I was like, okay, hell Satan, all no worries. But it bothered me because then they assumed I was doing, I was huffing the paint that I would pass around. And it really, it bothered me. And I literally, I went home like, and again, I'm wearing like a, you know, metal up your ass shirt with, you know, long hair, but I'm just bawling. Just they said I'm doing drugs and drinking. and that's just goes to show you just because you have a tough exterior doesn't mean you have a soft, like sensible or sensitive interior, you know? So like, yeah, they're bullying you because they thought you huffed paint. Meanwhile, you're innocent. You just like fuck like and rock and roll. So like it was it was just bullying happened. Now, here's the thing, though. Back in our day, at least, for the most part, the bullying stopped as soon as school was over. There was a separation. Yeah, for the there, most part. everybody wants to get the fuck out. I think I was kind of lucky where I went to a high school that was like for nerds. It was the smart kid school, right? So, oh man, so was there just like unity there? Just you know, fuck all- no. I mean, there wasn't like extreme bullying, but you definitely had the cliques. Okay, you definitely there's had, always the hierarchy. There, you definitely had the hierarchy, and dare not step out of your hierarchy, or you will get shot the shit down. Well, and you and. Also, there was like a lot of violence in my school because our school was in a tough neighborhood. So it wasn't like in outside area was violent. And then sometimes not necessarily like there was guns and shit. But I mean, but at the same time, it's still high school. You know, no, I'm sure people got the shit kicked out of them on a daily basis, but I didn't. I mean, well, well, and even so, the fact that um, recently I saw the movie uh, 
uh, oh good lord book smart mm-hmm. for the first time and there's a scene in the movie where the friends are fighting and in the background you just see everyone up with their cameras up and just recording everything and it was just so haunting because I was like oh that's hot that's just horrible well just, we wouldn't I mean it, it, back in the day we didn't step in either I mean we honestly if we had cameras we back then we'd it. probably be like oh shit because, world star be, well <laughs> That and the fact, though, that you're, you know, your body's changing, like right. puberty is no joke. And the fact that you have and films. You, and you want to be cool. You want to fit in. And you're still trying to figure. Not only you, are you trying to figure out who the fuck you are, but you're trying to figure out where the fuck you need to go and where the fuck you need to be right at that. So you're oh, having to think about the future and the present. It's oh, a it's, tough time to be a kid. It's horrible. It's horrible. And, it, now, and kids, it ain't much better when you're an adult. And you don't have to deal with a lot of the bullshit. No, but you I, still have a whole lot of bullshit you got to deal with. I will say life got infinitely better after high school. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, yeah. I, lo- I lost my mom in high when I was a uh, my summer of my junior and senior year, which it wrecked me a little. And I think today it's I still there's some lasting effects, but peer pressure as well. Yeah. Again, the 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 paint can, the huffing, and I'm just like, no thanks. But I and always growing up Catholic. I mean, oh, God the, was watching. God and guilt too. Well, I mean, so all I had to do though, genius, was go to confession, Weird. and I was good. Yeah, wipe my hands, and hey, see, I wipe my hands of wiping my hands like before I got into high school. So that's fair. That's fair. Bottom but I line, still, I, I still got, I still got my passport for all the guilt trips I go on. Oh God, God, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, right. Uh, Bottom line, school scary. Very much school so. School scary. To the point where they it made literal high school as hell made literal by Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, it's represented in all sorts of elements. Um, in elementary school, a movie we just had introduced at Nerdoween, Cooties. Yeah. So that's elementary based school horror. And even basically, there's a whole bunch of great horror in elementary school scenes, like in The Brood. Oh um, yes. Child's Play Two. Um, Very much so. And uh, Village of the Dam with Buck Flowers. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, we've got high school. Oh, my goodness. Always scary. You throw your, you throw anything out there, it's going to stick. Yeah. And recently had a chance, our last Friday Night Fright uh, a couple weeks ago was Scream. Yeah. And we remember when we did Faculty? Oh, yeah. That plays so wonderfully. Mm-hmm. So wonderfully. And then, of course, at the college level. That's when the slashers. That's when, that's when if they, you have sex... And your sorority shenanigans are going to have like a car wash or something. You guys are going to get slaughtered. It, it will happen. And right. uh, we, we will be technically uh, doing a pieces commentary mm-hmm. this weekend. Well, you, you know what? So, it's exactly what you think yeah, if it that, is. If, if that can't entice you to check over to Patreon <laughs> there. It's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> but that brings us around about to Mark L. Lester. And before we talk class of 1999. <laughs> Yes, we got you. Got to release that one of these days. We we are. That's a joke that we've been going and carrying, but nobody knows what the fuck it is. Technically, we're sitting on a commando commentary with our friend Dustin, but because of course, if we're doing anything with Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and it was it was a lot of fun. The, the, it, the audio was a little rough, unfortunately, when I went back and listened to it. But we'll eventually unleash that because it is indeed Mark L. Lester that directed that film, and that's something. I don't. That's a nice little bar trivia thing mm-hmm. because no one remembers who directed Commando. No, they just remember Arnold, Arnold and all the, killing all your favorite character actors in genre, and perhaps the Steel Drummer too. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! My favorite pre-show of all time is Commando because it's just littered throughout with a lot of steel drums. I have one of them doing Michael Jackson's uh, Thriller. It's <laughs> it's really good. Another one that people forget he directed is Firestarter mm-hmm. with. George C. Scott, with the who, patch we, eye. who we had a chance to talk and see with Changeling not too long ago. What do you want from me? Oh, no, I just pictured him in, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt's body. God. Yeah, it's it's chussel, not cleavage. It's, oh. You don't want that. Oh. Uh, also, a comedy favorite, Armed and Dangerous. Mm, that's crazy. Your Christmas goose comes early, and of course, you cannot talk, like, 90s weird action without Big Showdown in Little Tokyo, mm-hmm. which has the single weirdest line in any film. You have the biggest dick of a white man I've ever seen. It is ridiculous. It is. You're just like, wait, what? What What did Brandon Lee just say now? It's uh, thanks. <laughs> so he's got a really weird, diverse filmography in the 80s and the 90s. Mm-hmm. And lead this leads us to the... See, the prequel, technically, uh, class of 1984, mm-hmm. which 
we've seen the transformative effect. <laughs> I in- am the future. I am the future. See, that movie, it's wonderfully horrible. Some of the things are so apprehensive and oh. just terrible. But the comeuppance of the villain, and I think one of my favorite insults like now is from that movie, like, suburbanite. Dripping with as much content as George C. Scott says as a... You're a changeling! You're a suburbanite! <laughs> now, oh, can you imagine George C. Scott trying to get in him as the principal in oh, class of no. 1984? Oh, no. uh, that would have been an entirely different film. He would have, like, chewed them up. He would have done it himself. I'll take care of you myself. I've got your future. He would be, like, one of the teachers in class of 99. He would have been... Oh, he was the prototype was, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, but it definitely has a reputation. Also... You talked about school at night, night school. This film famously features the entirety of the, the the back half of the film at night. And I remember seeing this on USA Up All Night back in the day. And it made me so terrified of being at school at night. The the empty hallways. Right. Oh, so, so scary. It's scary. It is because it's the hallways. It's like you're in a large... You're not supposed to be there at night. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And everybody knows ill shit happens at night in school. And this also features a great performance of Roddy McDowell. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, so good. And Sergeant Shadanko himself, Stacy Keach. Oh, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to, hold on, hold oh, on. Oh, no, hold no on, yeah. I'm sorry, no, we're still in 84. Oh, you, we're not, st- not Malcolm McDowell, Roddy McDowell. We're still, we're still. We're still in 84, my we're friend. We're still in 84. No, you know what, let's get to 99. Okay. Be, needless to say, we both enjoy class of 1984. Mm-hmm. That was a great double feature that we did, uh, oh, our boy. commentary for oh, class boy. of 1984 and Reform School Girls. Yeah, that was quite a double feature, all right. That asked. <laughs> I it was good in theory. I had a blast. I know you. Of course, you had a blast. I, had a blast. I just know some people were like, ah, you know. But hey, you know, it was Saturday. It was our Saturday night sleazy something. Yeah, it feature. was our Saturday night sleazy up all night tribute. Yeah, uh, uh, unedited. Yes, unedited up all night. Well, that leads us to class of 1999, and this is a sequel to 1984, but a sequel more in just theory and theme Mm -hmm. because we don't look at any of the same characters and i don't even know if it's the same world per se but i will say this there was multiple times throughout this film and let me just say this out i love this film Mm -hmm. i have seen it twice now because this was a first timer i watched it for the first time on pam greer's birthday this year it was a first-timer double feature with this and Foxy Brown. Oh, nice. Both first-timers. Dude, Foxy Brown is rad. Foxy Brown is great. Foxy Brown is super rad. It's so good. So this one was my first time, too. And I was... Okay, so you, you when I go to a movie and I'm watching it, there's always a part where I'm like, this movie better get a lot better or I'm out, right? And there's almost a part where you can see where I'm like, mm, right? I was get, I was almost to that point because like maybe like a quarter, the first quarter, I was like, okay, I, we're establishing characters. Life is rough. Okay, where's the robots? Where's the kill bots? Where's, I'm, I'm, I was promised Mark L. Lester, right? Right. And then maybe about after a third of the movie... Boom, I got it, and I just went along for the ride, and I had so much fun with this movie. I think, like, because I didn't, because I, it's, <laughs> I, first of all, let me go into, like, my beef real quick. Do it, do it. Because. Better, no place, better place to start than with the little beef. Okay. Mm. Okay, because, like, the character of Cody. He reminded me of Tom Cody, where as in he was kind of like a drag. He was like if Tom Cody was mixed with Corey Feldman, okay? He had a very, like, Cody Feldman. That's what I was he, going for. He did great, great on me a little, which, yeah. is, which is a bummer because... For your hero, you don't want it to be grating. Yeah. And then you're following along, and his brother, and his home life, and he goes in, and his mom's all cracked out. Wait, say hello, mom, right? And the brother's trying to get into the gang, and then I'm like, okay, this is starting to turn into an after-school special with Corey Feldman, Cody Feldman as the lead. I'm not into it, right? See, I actually even went to the, I was believe that whoever did American History X must have been a big fan of this film. Because everything is like, to, almost to the point. Explosions and shit when they're walking home to school and they're going through like the nomad land and everything. And I'm like, okay, after the nomad land, it focused too much on like his like, oh, I'm having a rough day and like, oh, nobody understands me. And then I was like, 
this better get some action in it, you know? Let's see some robots. And then sure enough, boom. But you had the opposite? Oh, no. I enjoyed it all the way through. I'm Now, granted, again, uh, Bradley Gregg, who plays Cody in this, and for those that he's going to, you're going to go like, wait, where do I know him from? And it's actually here this weekend, you'll see him on the big screen outdoors. He's Eyeball Chambers in Stand By Me. And he's the puppet guy, Phil, in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's the connection. And this was his first time as a feature. And the entirety of it, I'm like, he's channeling. Corey Feldman. So when you mentioned that beforehand, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. And it almost, again, we I, we try to be positive here. This is why we're getting it out of the way. It didn't, it didn't take me out of the film. No. Because the character work, yeah, you weren't afraid. And I actually enjoy it when the, 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 the all the kids come together and what have you which why were the kids in this free fire zone actually going to school i know right what about if you Uh, if it's a martial law area like why do you have to go to school like you would think like and the people who live there for the faculty and all that stuff they have to choose to live in there or at least drive into the no-go zone this is like escape from like street toughs new york high yes you know it was just (laughs) and so but then like when you're following his drama because they played the drama at the beginning straight oh yeah that that's what got me i'm not saying that i hated the movie about it i'm like i was like okay this movie needs to get a little bit more crazier because i was i'm expecting crazy because it's the guy who brought commando of course sequel to 19 class of 84 right but then it brought it, and then it just got insaner and insaner and just more insane. And I was like, "This movie is hilariously good." It's so what, so it, it was Streets of Fire. That's why he's Cody Feldman because yeah, I love you know I love Streets of Fire, but you know I hate me some Tom Cody. So it's like I didn't it, I don't so I didn't dislike this character, but it was it was enough to like okay Corey mm-hmm. everything keep, else keep everything moving. yeah keep moving you're just following along let's let's see some more good stuff well, and we got more great stuff okay, let's talk about the great stuff and what so for me the introduction of the faculty the robots and even at the very beginning when we see them and there are some very familiar faces with the faculty here uh-huh. and I'm gonna start it with Patrick Kilpatrick you may not know the name and you may not know the face but if you've seen the Toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. He's actually the guy that holds up the restaurant. And if you've seen Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, he is the henchman with the diamond tooth. Get the fuck out of town. So he's got okay. his... So yeah. when he showed up, I'm like, ha, that guy, perfect. <laughs> uh, John P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you will know him as that guy from Bound, Mickey. Yeah. As the older tough. Yeah, that's right. But also, if you've been following along with uh, Patreon, the I've seen that challenge. I had a chance to see 1986's um, Avenging Force for the first time. And he plays as the head of a, of a hunting party. Ooh. And that they hunt. The deadliest game? Indeed they do. Yes! And that the game this time is Michael Dudikoff and Steve, and Steve James. The dude! Yes, it's quite good. It's quite good. Does he find a pummel horse in the middle of the forest? <laughs> no, he does not, unfortunately. This Gross. is actually, technically, it's an unofficial sequel to Invasion USA. <gasps> really? Yes. So he's taking over the Chuck Norris role. Oh, cool. Yeah. Who's taking over? Who's, who's attended Gouliard? <laughs> Richard Lynch's Gouliard. No one can reach Richard Lynch <laughs> level, my friend. That's just you don't try. But His school of goolery. John P. Ryan's quite good in it. And then lastly, Pam Greer. Yes. Oh my goodness. Showing up and being a badass from the word get. She just cements why I love her so much. The fact that here, even though, you know, her heyday technically was the seventies, here in nineteen ninety at this point. Still bringing the goods. She went on to make Ghost of Mars, too, man. So, yeah. I love some Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> no, she just exudes badass. Even if she wasn't a killbot, you still wouldn't want to fuck with her as a teacher. Oh, like, hell mi- no. Mrs. Greer or Mrs. Well, Jones, you know. <laughs> what I love is that this film does crib so much from the Terminator to the fact that we've got the on-screen commands. And there are a number of times. So, the, immediately, the first two options educate or discipline mm-hmm. which are kind of one and the same occasionally definitely right? especially right? if you go to catholic school with the nuns and the fact that these are uh 
technically war robots, just modified a kill little. Killbots! They're goddamn killbots. I mean, I understand education is hell. Well, we've 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 beaten around the bush. We need to talk about Stacy Keach. Yeah, no, okay, that's another. Yeah, the, oh. when we were talking about introductions, oh. where that is great. So we see him. He turns around and he's wearing this white spiked rat tail mullet. And he turns around, and apparently, apparently he's going laughs are cheap. He's going for gasps because he has these nightman eyes. <laughs> he's got these glow in the dark cat eyes, and he's like, "Ha! Ah, I'm not evil at all, right?" It's like, come on, man! I know it's the '90s, and we're it's... trying to get away. From, we're trying to be futuristic, but I wouldn't trust. First of all, I'd have a hard time trust trusting sergeant sedanko in the first place second of all especially with like the nightman eyes and like the rat tail mullet he he doesn't have to chew chew scenery because his appearance does it for him oh, it is crazy he's like the tasmanian devil of chewing scenery in this movie even to get even against malcolm mcdowell he, even against malcolm mcdowell who himself can chew the chewiest of sceneries he out like out choose him, and so it's when a dro- when Principal Drogue is defeated by the night by the Nightman Keith. He was pretty subdued actually yeah, for the most was. part. He was great. I always love it when he shows up because you know he adds a little bit of class to it. Michael Myers is dead, right? So well, there's very much a Clockwork Orange homage in there when they're talking about well, the kids have a very simple choice learn or be killed Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking ah ludovico that whole thing with the clockwork orange which makes sense with malcolm mcdowell so it's kind of nice to see him on the other side of the uh the coin of the milk bar right exactly the the milk plus now it comes in in like those little cartons speaking of hold on there's a scene i wrote in my notes there's a scene with during explanation where uh Cody Feldman's trying to be tough and he's like, you know what? What we have to do is we have to mobilize and figure out what's going on. And then he takes a sip of the juice box. <laughs> and then he goes back to her and like, you know, tough decisions have to be made and they killed my brother. And, and so I'm like, I can't take you seriously. I can't take anybody seriously drinking a fucking high C juice box. You just need another one of the street toughs to come up and go, uh, you got anything on that snack pack, man? <laughs> no, man. No, I totally, I totally... No. But Stacy Keach, oh man, he he's doing something different, and he's an obvious bad guy, of course. Uh, Doctor Bob Forrest, great name. <laughs> now, okay. Also, is the principal's daughter a thing? Well, oh, of course it is. We know, like, we know the farmer's daughter, and we know the sheriff's daughters do it by the book, and all because that. Because we are set in a school setting, we do need that element, and. I don't want to get creeps and nostalgia here, but I have had such a huge crush on Tracy Lind since I first saw her in Fright Night Part 2, mm-hmm. and it's only cemented and deepened with this screening here. Yeah. There's I I don't I, don't, I think it's the the buoyancy of the hair. The bigger the hair, the bigger the smile. No, I was no bigger the hair, closer to God. But <laughs> it's the bigger the, the bigger the hair, the closer to God, I think it is. That's totally fair. Uh, but going back, actually, to uh, the whole... But she was great in Fright Night, too. She was great in this. She, she especially against um, Cody Feldman, where, like, because he's like, yeah, man. But she was like, I can't believe it. And, like, genuinely, I was more focused on her. And that's the thing. I think that's why I was like, I'm giving him too much shit, because, because he's you... the hero of the story. But I'm focused on everybody else but the hero. I'm focused on side characters and, mm. and Stacey Keach. And... Well, they populate everything around him with good character actors. Even In the fact, brother. His Even brother. The... You remember him from Near Dark? Yeah. Joshua John Miller. He was Homer. Yeah. Little Homer. Absolutely. Yeah. He was a welcome presence. I saw him in the credits like, ah, and then I see him again. I'm like, yeah, he's, right. the kid's timeless. The kid, I mean, the adult himself. But no, he adds an element to it. But that also adds to that American History X element. And Where the brothers emulating. And, I'm getting jumped in tomorrow. But it was the basketball scene that cemented it for me. Now, I don't know. How long has it been since you've seen American History X? It's been a couple of, it's been a couple of years, but I remember really enjoying it. But I remember also like people like, no, you really shouldn't feel sympathy for a lot of these yeah, characters. You're reading. You're probably watching. You're, it you're reading. But, you're watching the wrong movie. But do you remember the basketball scene? The hardcore one in oh, no. American History X. No, the basketball scene in Class of Nineteen. No, in American History X. Yeah, the basketball scene. Yeah. Do you remember it? The one where the the terrible shit happens, where he makes him. No, I'm, I, I guess not. No, okay, exactly, because it's a silly, mundane scene that's just ridiculous, and we get. 
what I was afraid was going to become similar to that, but they just end up just going, Angel, Angel. But the, the similarities were creeping in on me, man. I'm like, oh, God, please don't give me that kind of a basketball scene. But I had a plate of shrimp moment happen last night during your uh, film club discussion. You, at one point, threw out a Hellraiser reference where you said, angels to some, demons to others. The exact same time, I'm watching Class of 1999 on the other side. I told you, that's when he starts going, angel. Angel. So I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy, but not a big deal. Not a big deal, we right? Have such sights to show you. Again, nothing. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. But then someone said, oh, excuse me. I, I said something about something about jumping in the same time when little Homer was getting jumped in. So that was the second, but I was like, wait, this is getting weird. Should I turn off the movie? I had a cursed stream, I think, potentially, but it was it was weird. It was really weird. No, this whole movie was weird. I loved the fact that it was like Terminator and... Well, the commands, the commands, you get the verbal, take them to the principal, or physical punishment. Did that not remind you of dare, double dare, physical challenge? Mm-hmm. It's just like that escalation. It's like, mm-hmm-hmm. And then I loved how, like, the teachers always resorted to violence. And the fact that one of them became a literal spanking machine. He goes, I'm going to do what you need to be done a long His... time ago. He picks up the thing, and, it, and he kept, like, pat, 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 hard. And, it, like, because he went straight from, like, warning to corporal punishment, right? Corporal punishment. And I was like, well, it reminded me when, like, Flanders was a little kid, and he was terrible, and, like, just boom, 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 just smacking, I'm Prune Tracy, right? Take that dick face. And he does it again twice, and he's, like, just beating the shit out of people. Pam Greer, first of all, don't fuck with Pam Greer oh. when even if she's a teen, even if you don't know that she's a robot, you shouldn't fuck with like Mrs. Greer because she came in. But then the 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 main evil villain, I mean, of course we have Stacy Keach as the nightman. Of course. But like the worst of them all was the goddamn gym teacher. The gym teacher. And of there's something always inherent. That's a trope. The gym teachers are terrible. Look at the faculty. I mean, but also like, for example, Especially if you're a film kid or if you're like an indoor kid. An indoor shit, kid. Gym class was the worst. Gym class was terrible because like it was so like aggressive, everything in gym class. Like you have to physically be the best. And that's where the shit goes on. And that's why I think oh, okay, he made the perfect like main bad guy. That's the stuff that happens on the court. But man, the locker room, that's when the real bullying happened. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Man, see, I'm getting PTSD then, all till over. The, till the teacher fucking. And like, then he comes in and he just comes starts. in, comes in and like blows that dude, snaps his neck for some DOS effects out of nowhere, rips out his fucking jugular, and ever, nobody believes the kid. And then, okay, so you already know the teacher's going insane well in, in the tech did you notice the technicians uh that were playing but one of them was one of the coolers from roadhouse uh-huh. and another one was one of the crazy guys from seinfeld <laughs> yeah i was like wait a minute where do i know those guys from but i love the way that they were even like okay look we shouldn't be killing these no. kids and the nightman stacy keach eh. is just like it's fine i work I work for the Department of Education and, and Defense. I love that little line. And, and he goes, I answered to nobody. And that line made me wonder if this film could be remade by John Carpenter or Paul Verhoeven mm-hmm. or Brian Trenchard Smith. Yeah. Well, any, any one of those, when I was watching this movie, I was like, man, because I got those vibes big time. This is so anti-authority. This is such a Carpenter-esque film a Verhoeven-esque film. Mm-hmm. And just- this is a fuck you to the establishment. I mean, it's- like, because they're like, okay, things are getting worse. These gangs are tearing over. So, like, let's just disregard them and send in these kill bots. Sure. And then Professor uh, Dr. OD's coming in, yelling at shit. And I love the way that... <laughs> and it's something, going back to Stacey Keach's character, when finally, like, Professor uh, Principal Drogue was <laughs> oh man, and he gets got in a gnarly, in a gnarly way. way. But even before that, when he's like, "You're as complacent as I," and they're having this dinner, and like they're like come to my office, and the the teachers are telling, I'm calling him Principal Drogue because he's the king of the drogues. Um, you can't do shit to us. We work for the Department of Education and Defense, and Stacey Keach is like, "Let's meet at another time." And he starts. They're at the bar, and he's drinking milk. And I was just like, that's I, so off-putting, especially that the nightman drinks fight milk. And so, like, and he's just sitting there. I thought he was a robot, too. Exactly. I, that's what I thought it was, like, some sort of synthetic thing, mm-hmm. not necessarily Milk Plus. And, like, tastes like baby food, you know? I don't know if that was a reference to, like, maybe... 
uh, Professor Drogue, or like Possibly. you know, or at the same time, it made his character that much more off-putting. Who drinks milk at a fancy restaurant or bar? I don't drink as much as I do, but if I was at a fancy place, and even if I didn't want to drink, I'm like, you know, I'll have a Coke, sure, or I'll have a water. Not like, how about a glass of milk? So you know, his name McPoyle. Like, <laughs> and then he can explain the eyes. Bring me his eyes. Only if he would have like requested it to be a room temperature milk, then we would have been a little squiddly diddly there. But the action was rad. The car chases were great. Uh, it was a little fun Mad Maxian. Well, and that's the I, and they were just going to school. That's just that was it. an everyday thing. It's well, of course, in the Free Fire Zone. But that's why I got the Brian Trenchard Smith vibe. There are some kills in here though. That are pretty next level. We talked about oh, the yeah. Malcolm Medal kill, which was the throat rip, which the reveal of that was like, oh, my God, the special effects in this movie are top notch, especially because they have the same ones who did some of the things on the blob. The blob. And that's when you can see it. The when back break. The back break. The whole meal through the wall. The like blob bend. The, the reverse Kool-Aid man. Right. Just gets, whoosh, just gets sucked in via waist first through a hole in the wall by the goddamn professor john john p ryan he his entrance in this film when he comes in with that big smile he was like this is going to be the hardest history class you've ever had and he's smiling and he and looks he looks so stereotypical what you think a professor would look like he's got his little pipe he's got his pipe that's always he's always smoking and he's got the uh, the the leather patches on the quarter on the corduroy jacket and everything the, the bow tie i think he kind of stole the movie for me this yeah, screening because yeah, this did. is the second time i've seen it and i re- it's cemented that i really do enjoy it um, you get Malcolm McDowell. Uh, no, uh, uh, Stacy Keach's death is pretty gnarly, very Terminator esque when he gets punched through. Mm-hmm. Another great practical effect. And then even even everybody's death. Um, when they bust in and get the one gang member, and they just throw him through the window on <sighs> fire. Yeah, I was like, God damn! I thought they're gonna throw a brick and then like maybe like. Like, come out and see your boy. Razor necks get out. <laughs> right? But then to, like, throw it through the fucking window. And then when they kill Homer. And I'm like, man, Homer can't catch a break. Has he survived any movie he's been in? Uh, let's see here. It's been a while since I've seen The River's Edge. That's the only one I can't counter for. Ah. See, we got to go to the to the thing on that one. Um, <laughs> No, in fact... I think there are elements of this film. There's probably, and this has a uh, Vestron put out a special edition Blu-ray, and I definitely want to seek it out because it looks like I think there are probably some cuts to this movie. Oh yeah, because there are moments of some pretty extreme gore with that dr- the drill to the head. That was that was a great kill when when they finally be, turns they turn into Project Cronenberg. I wrote because their body kind of melts and dismorphs, even because okay. So at, when we first see Pam Greer, it looks a little silly. But then as you get cl- because it, l- it makes her look way bit, big and bulky. Right. Right. But then as you get closer, it looks very cool. And the fact that she's burning everybody with a flamethrower. It's great. And then the drill was oh. a great kill. But even but I want to get back to that. But I want to before with the big reveals, this is a violent fucking movie. This has a full on war scene oh, yeah. where children, children, children are killing other children with like automatic weapons and and grenades and all this crazy shit and i'm like God, this is fucking wild well of course i mean they go to a school where they requisition the weapons but they give them a little Le- thing to give for all, afterwards give them, give back. leave all us all weapons ballet. at the door yes. right the school bus actually check off school bus technically that goes that you see that's an armored that comes into play that looks like it should be in a zombie movie that looks like dead reckoning dead reckoning absolutely this movie i think definitely had some influence uh it technically spawned a sequel. It technically which, is a sequel. Yeah, well, it there's the class of 1999 to the, the substitute. substitute with the guy who played Cody on Step ah, by Step. Yes, and that's problematic. That's a whole can of worms I don't want to go into exactly. right there. Yeah, well, step away. Yes, step away. It was originally going to be titled Class of 2001. Well, and I think you could actually make a very interesting and cool. Just continuation. A class of series. Class of 84, class of 99, class of 2001. I think the problem is this movie gets lumped in with class of Newcomb High. True. You know, because like, even if you're thinking of class of something in horror, you're probably going to think of class of Newcomb High. I've seen that type thing. You know, I've I've seen all the class of Newcomb High and I've seen these movies. But at the same time, I would even be like, class of 1999. Is that a Newcomb High movie? You know? So I think it would be cool to see 
Especially like instead of class 1999 too, if right. they just kept like, because you can even do class of 2035. Absolutely. Class yeah. of, you could do Continue definitely class of 2020. There's some horror stories going on here. Good Lord. Yeah. There's <laughs> but, all sorts of weirdness. But some interesting parallels between 84 and 99. Number one, just kind of the opening shot. Number two, they both featured uh, music, and speaking of music, holy moly. Well, there's a Nine Inch Nails drop. The fact that they, they paid a, he paid Trent Reznor $100 for every song of Nine Inch Nails he could use in the movie. Good Lord. Because they were found him in a local dive bar band. That, that was in 19, so it was probably shot around 88, 89. Yeah, that is when yeah. you could literally go up and say, hey, who are you? I'm Trent Reznor. Want to buy a CD out of my, you know, trunk? Sure, I'll give you $100 why not? if I can use Pretty Hate Machine in my um, So you get some interesting, movie. like, almost um, street cred, if you will, in the soundtrack. But both feature uh, uh, band scenes uh, with that. And then... Club scenes, too. The finale of both of the films feature, technically, both of the ba- the bad guys being hung. Yeah, that's and, very true. Yeah. And... and Violently, oh, I loved. Oh. I loved the the whole classroom scene. First of all, when finally the the gang leader is like, "Okay, let's, let's, let's work peace. together and right. make peace," I was like, "Yeah, it's the warriors, right?" And then he's over there at the beginning, kumba 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 chero, ma kumba 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 chero, and I'm like, a kuchi 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 ku, a kuchi 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 ku. That's for you older listeners. Um, <laughs> but then like, but then the fact that. It was funny when Pam Greer finally gets revealed and like she's totally like just weird chest and he goes, oh, she's got bionic tetas. And then, I was like, that's hilarious. That just tickled me because it's obviously the joke. Right. Just to have big old robot titties that like shoot flames. Um, but it was so funny because then right after that, you get that cool drill head shot. Oh, it's horrible. It's gnarly. Thing. The whole climactic scene, and even that like cool claymation where you where he finally goes full rogue and like, I'm gonna kill everybody. It was charming, and it looked like that old school 3D that you would get in the late 80s, like in Dream Warriors three, bringing it back to. Oh yeah, <laughs> it goes back to the puppetry. Always goes back to the puppetry, and that's what I like about it. Is it, nowadays I think a lot of the time this would go straight to video, which is not a bad thing because no. that's just another avenue. It may not necessarily have the money behind it, but. I think for what they did with this movie, I found it also should be noted. Uh, Rose McGowan technically made her feature film debut as well as an extra in the back. But did it? Was it theatrically released for like about three weeks? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, there was some distribution rights, which I need to pick up the Blu-ray because I've really, like I said, I've watched this film two times now. I enjoyed it immensely. It's fun. I it cemented my enjoyment of it the second time. Where I was like, ah, this is a fun movie. This yeah. is one I'd like to see with a crowd in the, a theater at this it, point, and even a good party movie. Yes, like a great background, something movie. in the background. And, and then you can get involved in it, especially at the end when all the crazy stuff starts happening. And that's when people come in. And they go, oh, oh, oh. And the fact that not only he's hung, but also eviscerated via forklift. Forklift, yeah. That's it's, wonderful. It's that's a great kill. That's, you know that was what? a great villain kill. You learn that in trade school, in trade shop, in trade school. In trade school. That's right. And it's free. Yes. Right now. You can see it for free. On Tubi. On Tubi with ads. And again, the the, the, the Vestron Blu-ray. But I ha- I... I'm glad we opened with this one. Like I said, if you've been on our Patreon, I did a little 12-minute reaction to it, but I'm glad you were able to experience this for the first time. And the fact is like, oh, they killed, the, they killed Angel. Jump me in. I'm ready to get back at the gang. Uh, and I was even like, uh, yay. You know what? The fact that it bore court Cody Feldman, I, I'm good with that. That's that's a good good thing. That is always a good thing. But we are definitely going to be exploring a lot of our favorite school-based horror for the entirety of this month, and we mm-hmm. do have a special, some special guests coming up. Um, so again, thank you all for listening through the the craziness that has been 2020 so far. I know a lot of the podcasts I listen to have really, really helped me out through a lot of this. So if there's even one person out there that's getting something out of this, we hope you do, is because mm-hmm. we get a lot out of this ultimately. Yeah, and seriously, the best thing about this movie is Stacy Keach. Just yeah. ch- check them out. You, if you want to if you want to brighten your day or a good what the fuck, just check it out. Yeah, and just yeah, he just brightens up the screen. He's just going for gasps. <laughs> so until that next time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Yeah.